Welcome to Tech Talk Online, sponsored by Stratford University. You can listen to Tech Talk Live Saturday mornings from 9 till 10. Find us online at federalnewsradio.com or hear us on the radio in the Washington, D.C. area on the following frequencies, 1500 AM and 1039 FM HD 2. We thank you for listening to Tech Talk Radio. Interfacing complete. Please stand by. Now downloading Tech Talk Radio with Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Tech Talk Radio, it's technology you can understand. And now, here are Dr. Richard Schertz and Jim Russ. Welcome to Tech Talk Radio. <laughs> we are in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. I'm Dr. Richard Schertz. And I'm Jim Russ. Let me buy you a little time here because we... Uh... We've been doing some major experiments here in the uh, in the uh, studio. Yes, hang on a second. There we go. We are we are not only not only are we um, not only do we have a huge mess here. Yes. What is going on? This we are in here a we different are. studio than we normally in, and I can't figure out where that noise is coming from. Oh, that's coming from there. Okay, so let's explain to folks who walk in this morning, and, and the studio that we normally work out of, we'll put it in layman's terms, doesn't work. Yeah. So now we're in a backup studio. We don't know where anything is. We sort of do, but we don't know exactly how it's going to work until we try it. I'm trying to figure out, there's some sort of weird music coming through. Th- that, that's that's there for a reason. That's the standby, we have technical difficulties music. That's oh, what, that's what, I see. I that's see. what that is. Well, this, so anyway. this was a major week in technology. Of course, Baltimore's 911 system came down. Yeah, I know. And it was a uh, a big uh, event there in Baltimore. And um, we'll talk about why that happened and who screwed up, so to speak. <laughs> and then, But then also Atlanta went down. Boeing was yeah. attacked. And all this is tied back to, and I'll talk about it, the NSA tool leak that occurred last April. Mm-hmm. It all ties back to that. Uh, so it's uh, an interesting, um, interesting sort of chain of events. This week we're going to feature Dustin Moskovitz. He is the first chief technology officer of Facebook. Facebook's everybody knows about Zuckerberg, but uh, you know the number two guy there who was uh, one of Zook's uh, uh, roommates. Uh, Dustin, um, he was the first chief technology officer. He has a very interesting story. But more importantly, this week, the man who invented the like button on Facebook has deleted Facebook from all of his devices. Now that's He no longer works at Facebook. And uh, he talks about why he did that and why he thinks social media is so dangerous. Today we're also going to talk about something really critical this weekend, uh-huh. the chemistry of dying Easter eggs. It's very important. It's extremely important, and we're going to run a small experiment here in the studio. We've got a... a you know, and by the way, don't, it looks like... <laughs> hold your hands up. If you can watch yeah. this mess on Periscope and so follow I, us I, on Periscope... I, 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 I didn't realize this Easter egg dye. You you get red Easter egg dye on your hands. You That's, can't you cannot is that wash Easter it off. Easter egg dye or is that food coloring? I I got I actually went to the store and got real Easter egg dye, but I which is just food coloring that they charge right. more for. Yeah, but I got real Easter egg dye uh, at uh, at the store, and I I managed to get some red on my hands. It looks like I have been in a in a knife fight. It looks like because he, I, I can't. It looks like he took a computer to a knife fight. I cannot, I cannot get it off. Apple just released their uh, iOS 11.3, the latest operating system, where they're making a mea culpa for all of their ridiculous uh, battery adjustments that they made to slow down the operating system. And, of course, it was a huge, huge mailbag. There's a letter in your mailbox. I would like to personally thank Mr. Big Voice for paying attention today because everything else is screwed Uh, up. Amazing. Even in the other studio, it still worked. he put down the beer, and he found us in the right place. That's right. We got an email from Carl Tyler. Dear Dr. Schertz, what is corn hive? And should we be worried about it when using our? Should we be worried about it using our computer resources to harvest Monero cryptocurrency? 
Are there some websites that we can go to that use our computer power to mine other cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin in the background? And how can we present this by using ad blockers? I use uBlock Origin. Will this prevent uh, Cornhive from being installed? Have you done a profiles in IT about Brian Krebs? I get his newsletter every week, and he informs me about a lot of other cyber criminal activities. Does Mr. Big Voice ever get a vacation? Does he deserve one? I think it's time. I don't think he deserves one. I don't think so. Loyal listener for a long time, Carl Tyler. Yeah, I don't think I don't. We don't, Mr. Big Voice never gets a vacation because actually, because he's on thin ice all the time. Here's the deal: he 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 vacations during the show. That's correct. <laughs> That's just, that is correct. So he doesn't need any more vacation no, time. No, he does not. Now this. Um, uh, that's a good uh, profile and IT suggestion. Uh, Brian's, of course, a, um, a journalist who was hacked, so he decided to learn a little bit about cybersecurity, and he's got, he does have an interesting newsletter. I'll take a look at him for a future profile. But the CoinHive is actually, it started out as a brilliant idea. And what these guys did who developed CoinHive, they, Coin Hive, they said, you know, there are a lot of websites out there that uh, that really are free, and they would like to monetize the traffic. And so they said, well, why don't we set up a system where those websites can put in some code on their website, and when you're looking at the website, your browser will be used to do cryptocurrency calculations, and you can you can basically help the website earn money. And the split is done where the website that that hosts the code, get 70% of the cryptocurrency um, revenue, and CoinHive, the people that develop the code, get 30%. So, I mean, so that that was a brilliant idea. Then that way you don't have to go in and see all these obtrusive ads, and websites can earn a little bit of money. So in the beginning, it was a great idea, and they started going to websites, and certain websites put CoinHive on there to, 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 to earn money. But here's the problem. Anybody can download that code. Anybody can go to Cornhive and uh, Coinhive and download the code. And wouldn't you know it, hackers began doing it. So what hackers would do, they would take and hack into websites who really didn't know anything about Cornhive, and they would upload the Coinhive software to that hacked website. And then the hackers would get paid whenever the crypto coins were done. And so this is called, uh, you know, crypto hijacking. And there are 30,000 websites that have CoinHive installed on it, and this has all been installed by hackers. And people are estimating that CoinHive is making about $150,000 a month out of all of this. You know, and so they said, well, you know, and they're not really trying to enforce the hacking problem because this because they're making money, whether it's whether it's a legitimate use of CoinHive or not. Mm-hmm. So that is a problem, and you can go around to websites, and you can uh, and you can you can you you can be infected by CoinHive, uh, and and you'll and they'll use a lot of your a lot of your you know your capacity. I mean, the the first site, one of the early adopters was Pirate Bay. They already had a notorious operation for you know distributing illegal um, um, you know MP3s and movies. And they, they did it to earn money. And people sort of noticed that whenever they go to Pirate Bay, their their computer would slow down. Uh, and then uh, they, you know, they started complaining about it. And so other legitimate sites started using it. Most of the sites that were using Cornhive uh, and, and actually wanted to get paid for it, when you really start analyzing it, and I, you know, I saw a layout of it, are mostly porn sites and sort of uh, unsavory sites were using it. So this is a problem. Now, Adblocker will not block corn hive per se because it doesn't show up as an ad now what i'm running i'm running malware bites on my um, on my computer i run it in that a sounds dis- like a delicious snack food it's just malware bites yeah it's just you know it, and you know you 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 really don't get fat on that you can have as many <laughs> malware bites as you want and i'm telling you, you don't you don't pick up one one extra pound that's great so I, i'm running wall it's the shirts diet uh, that's right i'm running malware bites and uh and it does really a good job. So I went to so I went to the Cornhive website last night with mall with my malware bytes, and it immediately told me don't load the site because there's malware on hmm. it. So, so they're actually blocking sites with Coinhive. Now, um, suppose there's a site that you you know a legitimate 
you know, site that you want to go to a news site that's using CoinHive to earn money, you can whitelist it so that Malwarebytes won't block it. But I don't think there are too many of those sites out there. Uh, we got an email from Azra in Fredericksburg. Dear Tech Talk, I'd love to use the Facebook platform and have all my connections there. I'd like to expand my presence on the site using blog-style posts. What's the best way to create a blog using the Facebook platform? I want an easy way to format text and insert pictures because I'm not too technical. Enjoy the podcast, Azra in Fredericksburg. Well, Azra... Facebook Notes is an excellent option for you. This is an application that uh, that they, that is on the uh, on the uh, Facebook website. It's ex- it's an app that that they've that they've written, and it's basically a reimagined version of the note taking feature that Facebook launched about a year ago. Now, unlike the previous version, it's been designed more like a basic blog editor than a simple note taking application. Now, you simply can open notes on Facebook. You can click on the note entry listed on the left sidebar, or uh, it might be, there might be a drop-down menu of settings, and at the bottom you'll see notes. Click on that, I and mean, when you open up the note application, click Write a Note, and it opens up the note editor. You can add a, a cover photo at the top very easily. You can add a nice title. It's got a handful of formatting options, like adding headlines. It's got two levels of headlines. You can add photos. You can add bullet points. You can add numbered points, uh, you know, like numbered lists or bulleted lists. It has basic format, formatting options, like you can insert quotations, and it changes the font beautifully. You, it has bold and italics fonts, got embedded objects and images. So it turns out to be a very nice, you know, no-frills um, blogging platform. And you, you, it, it's easy to use, and then you can you can create a note. You can save the draft. And you can just keep working on the draft, and then when you finally think it's right, you can then post the publish the draft, and it will show up on your timeline. And it's uh, it's really very nice. The only disadvantage of notes, I suppose, and I saw did see people complaining about it. Facebook has a way to you can pay to boost your uh, uh, boost your uh, postings by you know sending it to more people to get more people to read it, get more eyeballs, and. Um, uh, notes are not boostable, so to speak. So, so that's the one uh, the, the one disadvantage. I think it's not boostable because it's actually an application. The reason Facebook set up this Notes app is that they didn't like people going outside of the Facebook platform and creating a blog. They want to keep everything on Facebook. So, it is a nice option. Now, the one uh, thing, if you really want, if you really become a real blogger and you know you want to make money at it. There, there are limitations. You, you, you can't uh, instant, you know, install plugins to extend the blogging platform. You also can't make money by having advertising on your blog site because Facebook wants all the money. So, if you really want to become a real blogger that's going to make money on your blog, you'll probably want to go to a blogging platform like WordPress. We got an email from Stu and Kill Amarnik. Where's that? I don't know. Somewhere down in the northern neck. We got an email from uh, dear uh, from uh, we got dear Doc and Jim. Every time I put my phone in my pocket, I make butt calls. How can I keep my iPhone from dialing by mistake and deleting the icon? Don't Stu, put it in your on. pocket. <laughs> okay, this, this is the thing, Stu. You've got to lock your phone before you put it in the pocket. You know, if if you simply hit the home button on your iPhone, it it stays open. And you, you can actually delete icons, you know, the whole screen is active, and it's very easy to make a butt call. If you lock the phone by pushing the, uh, you know, by momentarily pushing the power button, um, the phone can't take any action until you unlock it, and you won't make any butt calls. So I think you're just not locking your phone. And, you know, it's always frustrating when you get somebody with gets a new iPhone or a new Android phone and they make butt calls. In the middle of the night, you get the same person. You know, the calls come in and you hear some party noises in the background, <laughs> muffled sounds. Who, and who then, do you share your phone number with? And then, you, and then you hang up and then 10 minutes later, another call comes in. It's quite frustrating. So there are, there are occasional, you know, butt, butt calls can be annoying at times. We got an email from Kim in Ohio. Dear Doc and Jim, I'm confused by cloud backup and cloud file syncing. Can you explain the difference and let me know which I should be using? Love the show, Kim in Ohio. 
Well, Kim, there's a big difference between file syncing tools and online backup services when it comes to backing up your important files. You're probably familiar with services like Dropbox, Google Drive, Microsoft OneDrive. These services provide a special folder, and anything that you place in that folder is synchronized with your online storage as well as with other devices that you have set up. So you could actually synchronize files and transfer files from a laptop to an iPad to ver- to an iPhone, and you could sync across all of those devices. Now, but because these services are designed for syncing, syncing, S-Y-N, S-Y-N-C-I-N-G, syncing, synchronization, if you delete a file or change a file on one device, it'll change it on all devices. So it's really not a backup. It's really designed to synchronize files and, and synchronize a folder between multiple devices. Dedicated backup services work differently. They don't automatically sync your files between devices. They more, work more like traditional backup tools, which would back like that you'd use to back up all your files on a PC or a Mac, like you'd back it to an external hard drive. But instead of backing up to an external hard drive, you back up to the cloud. Now, there's, you know, the backup services generally cost a little bit of money. You've got Carbonite, which is what I use. You've got iDrive. You've got Backblaze. Now, Backblaze, for instance, you can get unlimited storage for about $5 per, per, per PC or per Mac per month. I like Carbonite. It backs up everything. And, you know, when my... When my when my laptop was run over the other you know last <laughs> was year run over, when yes. it was run over and mm-hmm. totally destroyed, mm-hmm. I, I didn't lose a single file. Uh, you know, that just it just brings up a bad memory. It, I, it, well, I, I you, really didn't, a, I really didn't like an that entire memory. funeral segment th- th- dedicated to your I laptop. I know it was it was gone. That's that's what happens when you leave a laptop sitting on top of a on the trunk of well, a car. Well, see, when you said was run over, yeah. that takes a great deal of of guilt. Out of what happened. That's There's, right. It's like no fault. No fault of mine. No, no. fault. All I did, I, I left it on the on the back window of somebody else's car in mm-hmm. my garage at home, and they left with the with the laptop they, on the back. They, the unnamed yeah. person left. The unnamed person left, and it just and threw my laptop at an intersection, and it got run over. But I didn't lose a single file because I had everything backed up with Carbonite. Mm-hmm. So that was really quite nice. The other thing I liked about, now I use iCloud to synchronize all my photos between uh, my iPhone and my my laptop. I mean, I was in, uh, you know, I, you know, I was out taking a lot of pictures in the Himalayas, and I went back and did something else, and then I went canoeing, and I forgot to take the iPhone out of my pocket. Totally trashed my iPhone, but because everything had been synchronized on iCloud, mm-hmm. I didn't lose a single picture. Wow. So you know, so you know, file synchronization uh, methods are pretty good, but but they're not backup. Right. Okay, we love your emails. Email us indeed. at techtalk at stratford.edu. We'll get back to you at the next show, or I might email you immediately if it's an emergency. Post haste. Yes. It's Saturday morning, and you're listening to Tech Talk Radio <coughs> on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, 1035 FM HD 2, 1039 FM HD 2. You can watch us do the show today from an alternate location, and we have visuals. Easter egg die. Download the Periscope app to your device. Follow us at WFED Tech Talk. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. Ready to make a real difference in 2018? A degree in cybersecurity, digital forensics, or networking and telecommunications could help you secure your future as you help secure the world. Stratford University is now enrolling for career-focused IT degree programs on campus and online. Let Stratford's experienced IT faculty share their industry knowledge and practical solutions to help you succeed in today's most sought-after IT fields with accelerated classes and year-round program starts to help you earn your degree faster with demand at record high levels for cybersecurity, digital forensics and networking telecommunications careers now is the time to act stratford makes it easy turning your qualified experience into credits earned and if you're a vet they'll help you maximize your military benefits get complete details and register today at stratford.edu slash 18 it that's stratford.edu slash 18 it 
If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. And now it is time for... Yes, today we're going to feature Dustin Aaron Moskovitz. He's best known as co-founder and the first chief technology officer of Facebook. He's also probably one of the most luckiest guy, one of the luckiest guys in technology for this decade. Muscovitz was born May 22nd, 1984 in Gainesville, Florida, and he grew up in Ocala, Florida. He attended Vanguard High School and he graduated with an international business diploma from the high school that was preparing him for, you know, for going to school internationally. Muscovitz enrolled in Harvard's economics program, and this is why he was so lucky. His roommate was Mark Zuckerberg. That's pretty lucky. Yeah, so he and Mark were best of buds. Now, Zuckerberg had built Facebook in his dorm room using a programming language called PHP. It's fairly easy to learn. I mean, actually, I wrote the first Stratford University website in PHP. I just got a book and learned PHP. I mean, it is true. You can... If you know how to program, uh, you know if you learn, if you know a programming language already, you can pick up PHP in a, you know in a week or so or a few days. So within a couple of weeks of launching uh, of launching the the site, he uh, Zuckerberg had several thousand people signed up, and then other colleges asked to launch it at their schools. Now it turned out that Zuckerberg was taking a computer science class. He was in a programming class, and it was pretty intense, and he just didn't have time. To really work on the you know the Facebook page and you know you know and expand it to other schools, he just you know he just he couldn't get to it because he was actually well doing his homework. So his friend uh, Dustin said, "Well, um, uh, Zook, I'll help you. Uh, I'll help you expand Facebook to other schools." And, and Zuckerberg said, "Yeah, but you, but you don't know how to program." He says, well, <laughs> "That's not a problem. That's not a, pro- that's not a problem." Now, now Dustin had actually studied C programming language a little a little bit before, so he went home and he bought a book, Perl for Dummies. Perl is a is another programming language used for uh, used for the um, uh, used for Unix systems if you want to, you know, run programs in, in, in the Unix shell. So he went and learned Perl for dummies. He came back and he said, Zook, I'm ready to go. I, I read this all weekend. I read this book, Perl for Dummies. And Zook looked at him and he said, Dustin, the site's written in PHP, not Perl, dude. <laughs> <laughs> dude. Dude. I I was watching a YouTube video where Zuckerberg was 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 talking about this story, and he said, well, "I wrote the PHP and not Pearl, dude." I hope Zuckerberg wears a clean T-shirt when he goes to Congress. <laughs> That's right. So uh, and so he said, "Okay." And so then he got a book on PHP for dummies, and he studied it for a few days. Then he went to work helping Zuckerberg expand this expand the site from one school to many schools. Now, there were four people uh, that started Facebook. Three of them were roommates, Zuckerberg, Eduardo Saverin, and Chris Hughes, and Dustin Muscovitz were all the four founders of Facebook. And, um, and uh, three of them were roommates. That would be Zuckerberg, Muscovitz, and Hughes. They were all roommates. And um, they decided to found Facebook, uh, the, 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 start the company in their dorm room in February of 2004. Now, originally it was called the Facebook, ah, the Facebook, and the the domain name was thefacebook.com, and it was an online directory of all of Harvard students because basic, and it was designed to help residential students identify members in other residences. You'd know who lived in your dorm, but what about the dorm next door? You right. didn't know, and so then you could, and so that it was just a collection of faces. So it was a book of faces, and you could see who was where. That's so what was the Facebook, and. Um, but then they started, you know, it became really popular because it was it was a it was a way for, you know, students to, you know, to connect with each other uh, online. Now, one of the most complicated calculations that the site did was what they call the social connection graph. It's like who's connected to who, who's friends of who and all of that. And that is actually 
continues to be the power of Facebook, the social connection graph, and that's how they're able to know so much about you because they have a very detailed social connection graph. Mm-hmm. Now, in 2004, Zuckerberg, Hughes, and Muscovitz took a year off from Harvard, and um, and they, they moved the Facebook operations to Palo Alto, California. They hired eight employees and started, you know, expanding Facebook. Now, Hughes... You know, they you know they they all told their parents, "Hey, we're we're going to drop out of Harvard. We're going to go do Facebook for a year." And uh, Zuckerberg's parents accepted it. Muscovitz's parents accepted it. Hughes's parents said, "You're not going to drop out of Harvard and do some wacko thing like Facebook." So <laughs> Hughes went back to Harvard and 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 finished getting his bachelor's degree. But Zuckerberg and Muscovitz they just they dropped out of Harvard. They're only there for two years, and they just continued working on um, on Facebook. Now. Muscovitz was the company's first chief technology officer and his first VP of engineering. And that's, beca- that's of course, because of his extensive programming experience in PHP. Ah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. He's the luckiest man and of the because decade. Because he had no experience. That's right. He's the luckiest man of the decade. He led the technical staff and oversaw the major architecture of the site. So, you know, he, he was the one that sort of laid out the arc when they expanded to the schools. How do you do the linkage? How do you store the data in a distributed way? How do you create the social connection graph? The, the, the basic architecture of Facebook, uh, Muscovitz, was sort of the, the guy behind it all. Now, he was responsible for the company's mobile strategy and development. Now, he only stayed with Facebook until 2008. Mm-hmm. Then in 2008, Muscovitz left Facebook to form a new company, Asana, and he uh, he took with him Justin Rosenstein, who was the engineering manager of Facebook. Justin is the guy that invented the like button. And I'm going to talk about Justin later in the show. Okay. Because that's the thing that's so insidious, people waiting around for likes and loves right. and that sort of thing. So they went to uh, create Asana. And Asana was basically a way to do workforce flow. Using the same technology that's in um, that's in uh, Facebook. Now, in 2011, um, Muscovitz co-founded a philanthropic organization called Good Ventures with his girlfriend and now his wife, Carrie Tuna. And uh, that was in 2011. Good Ventures has donated approximately a hundred million dollars so far to the Give Well Top Charities. In fact, they they worked with GiveWell Top Charities so much that in, they formed a collaboration with GiveWell, and they created a spinoff a company called Open Philanthropy Project, whose goal is to figure out the best way to use large sums of money for charity. Muscovitz and Tuna are the youngest couple to sign the Giving Pledge, which commits billionaires to giving away most of their wealth. Now, this is why I said Muscovitz is one of the luckiest guys. On March 2011, Forbes reported that Moscovich to be the youngest self-made billionaire, based on his 2.3% share of Facebook, his net worth is $14.3 billion. Wow. That's that lucky. was in that was in twenty seven. Do you think that was a lucky break? That's a lucky break, all right. His net worth is now $14.3 billion. Uh Muscovitz and Tuna, his wife, uh, they attend Burning Man regularly. They've, he's been out there at about six Burning Mans. He loves Burning Man. And I was reading uh, I was reading blogs about his first trip to Burning Man, second trip to Burning Man. He loves it because it, it forces self-reliance when you're out there, and you have to learn how to depend on others when things don't go right. And he's, he thought, he thought there are a lot of life lessons that you get out of this. He was a big supporter of Hillary Clinton. He donated, actually— Twenty million dollar to dollars to Hillary Clinton's campaign. He was one of the uh, biggest uh, Democratic donors during that uh, during that election cycle. So there you go. All you want to know about Dustin Aaron Muscovitz, the luckiest man in technology in this decade. You can get lucky in a couple of minutes and win free lunch by playing the pop quiz. Stay tuned. You're listening to Tech Talk Radio on Federal News Radio, fifteen hundred AM. 105 and 103.5 FM HD2 and 103.9 FM HD2. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. So what's IT the trends, software, the internet, and IT careers? More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. 
Ready to make a real difference in 2018? A degree in cybersecurity, digital forensics, or networking and telecommunications could help you secure your future as you help secure the world. Stratford University is now enrolling for career-focused IT degree programs on campus and online. Let Stratford's experienced IT faculty share their industry knowledge and practical solutions to help you succeed in today's most sought-after IT fields with accelerated classes and year-round program starts to help you earn your degree faster with demand at record high levels for cybersecurity, digital forensics, and networking telecommunications careers. Now is the time to act. Stratford makes it easy, turning your qualified experience into credits earned, and if you're a vet, they'll help you maximize your military benefits. Get complete details and register today at stratford.edu slash 18IT. That's stratford.edu slash 18IT. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Live from Washington, it's the Stratford University Pop Quiz with Andrew Mitchell, Jim Ross, Featuring Mr. Big Voice. With musical guest, the Stratford University Junkyard Band. And your host, Dr. Richard Schertz. <laughs> you can talk now. Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please, please don't uh, don't knock over the... The die for the Christmas for the we'll uh, for the Easter eggs. We got we got a whole thing going in here, and we'll I get in real trouble. And I cannot get red dye on the control panel. Oh no! Now this is not only a radio show, but it's also a classroom of the airways. Correct. And if you get the right answer to a pop quiz where we assess how you've been listening, you'll win tickets to fine dining at one of our dining rooms, and you'll also get an A plus for today's show. Earlier in the show, I talked about Dustin Aaron Moskovitz. He's the co-founder and first CTO of Facebook, of course. And it talks about how he helped Zuckerberg uh, write, you know, the expanded version of Facebook. What programming language was that version of Facebook written in? If you know the answer to today's question, for crying out loud, pick up the phone and call us. If you're calling from west of the Rockies... It's 877-936-9333. Calling from east of Playa del Shirts, Virginia, it's 877-936-9333. If you're hiding from Facebook in Canada, call us on the Wild Card line, 877-936-9333. If you're calling from Studio 1A, don't. Get out of there. Nothing works. Try us on the international line, 877-936-39333. And if you're calling from the Crimea, you can reach us on Skype. Simply connect to Tech Talk Radio 1. And the good news is your call will be fully encrypted so Putin cannot tell what you're saying or who you're talking wow. to. Wow. Mitchell, our adjunct professor for price distribution and crowd control is standing by to take your call, so dial now. Okay. So, the, so the man who invented the like button on Facebook has now deleted Facebook. Now this man is a is Justin Rosenstein. He's the engineer. He created the uh, the like button feature in 2007. He ultimately left Facebook because he, he formed a company with Dustin Moskovitz, actually, and um, he he basically told his assistant that he does not want to download any apps. He deleted Facebook from all of his uh, all of his uh, computers. He said the the Facebook like button. Is like a bright ding of pseudo pleasure, one that contributes to Silicon Valley's uh, hold on the public through what they call the attention economy. He said it's very common for human beings with the best of intentions to develop something that has unintended negative consequences. A 2016 study found that the more time young adults spend on social media, the more likely they are to become depressed. And of those tested, People who check their apps most regularly were 2.7 times more likely um, to develop depression than those who checked it just, uh, you know, less frequently. Instagram ranked as having the worst effect on young people's mental health. 
In January, health officials warned that circulation of fake health news on social networks was potentially dangerous to people's health. As well as making users addicted and affecting their mental health, there's growing concern that social media makes people more stupid. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> there's known, it's, it's known as the continuous partial attention. It's feared that, at, that the app limits the ability to focus and potentially lowers IQ. Rosenstein thinks the like button is insidious, and he regrets that he ever invented it. So now he's out of Facebook completely. Good. All right. Time for us to play a little okay. quiz. Okay. Where's the music? Th- that's not the music. We need to play this music right here. Ah, look at that. There we go. Things are working. Let's go to line one. This is Ken calling us from Laurel, Maryland. Line two, I'm sorry. Line two. Ken- Oops. Ken, are you there? Did I hang up? <laughs> okay, this is great. Okay. I have now managed to hang up on Ken. Ken, call us back. And we will uh, we'll take your call again. Let's okay. see what happens here. I'm going to go ahead and talk about something else, Doc, and um, we will come back to that. Well, Baltimore, of course, had uh, their 9-11 system infected by ransomware. Mm-hmm. The ransomware attack forced the Baltimore's 9-11 dispatch system to temporarily shut down over the weekend of March 24, 2018. Frank Johnson, the chief information officer in the mayor's office, Said it was not aware of any specific ransom requests, but um, but he says they were infected with ransomware. Federal authorities are working with them. The attack infiltrated the server that runs the computer-aided dispatch, CAD system for 911 and 311 calls. The system automatically populates 911 callers' location on maps and dispatches the to the closest emergency responder, so there's a seamless handoff. The breach shut down the CAD system from Sunday morning until Monday morning, forcing the city to revert to the old manual system. Now, here's what happened. It was made possible because the city, one of the city information technology teams, worked with the firewall, and they opened up a port in the firewall so they could remotely um, access one of the servers through the, the, the remote desktop protocol. Well, the remote desktop protocol is susceptible to hacking. And apparently the server that they opened up the port toward had not been patched. Now, these hackers have constant scans over IP addresses. They discovered the open port, and boom, they immediately took over that server and uploaded the malware. So it was a combination of two errors. A, they opened up a port and left it open. For 24 hours. B, they opened up the port to a server that had not been patched. So that was really a huge IT faux pas. I mean, that was that's basically human error. That's not like uh, somebody took advantage of somebody doing something stupid. That's human error. Now, I have to say, though, that once the, uh, the intrusion occurred, their response was not bad. They discovered the intrusion quickly. And they immediately isolated that server from the rest of the system before it could spread. So some of the discussion is how do we how do we protect our, our you know vital infrastructure from hacking? In this case, it was just a matter of following procedures. It, is there, this, it would have rel- this would have been easy to to, to protect from. So yeah. any anything <laughs> uh, so but but we still have an issue with other infrastructure that is vulnerable, right? Yes. I mean, is is it? economically feasible to really protect these things or is this something that it's just something we'll have to live with no no we, this this can be handled this mm-hmm. can be handled Mo, most of the attacks like atlanta was also hit with malware mm-hmm. and they 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 had to they were they were having to pay a ransom of $51,000 to get their to get their um, ransomware to you know to get their information back also boeing was hit with uh, with malware too over you know with, with ransomware over the weekend so here's where all this came from Remember back in April of 2017, shadow brokers uploaded hacking tools that had been stolen from the National Security Agency. The the NSA had been stockpiling all of these vulnerabilities for years, and that's what they used to spy on other countries. That's what they used to spy on banks. They were able to break into the SWIFT banking transfer system and spy on bank transfers. And so they had a whole stockpile of vulnerabilities. They didn't tell anybody about them. And when shadow brokers hacked one of the vendors 
one of the uh, the contractors for this for the National Security Agency, they downloaded all of those tools and uploaded them to the web. So all of these vulnerabilities are coming out of that NSA toolkit upload from last April. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a relatively simple thing to to guard against. You have to do the security patch, and mm-hmm. the problem is companies are not. And the, the patches were written by Microsoft over a year ago, but they're not patching their systems. That's crazy. On time. All right. Okay, we have Ken back on the phone. Okay. Let's go back to Ken. Ken, I'm so terribly sorry. How are you, sir? Okay, fine. <laughs> Good. All right, Doc, uh, ask the question, please. Yeah. Earlier in the show, I talked about Dustin Moskovitz. He, of course, is the uh, co-founder and first CTO of Facebook. What programming language did he finally use when he wrote the expanded version of Facebook to go to other college campuses? Well, the final version was uh, PHP, right? That is is correct. correct. Ken, you are the winner today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. We will put you on hold here with Andrew Mitchell, and he will take your information. And let's see if I can find the whole button here. I think I've got it. There we go. And we're in a different studio today. It is Saturday morning, and you are listening to Tech Talk Radio on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM, 103.57 FM HD2, 103.9 FM HD2. And we will be right back in just a minute with more of Tech Talk Radio. If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. More of Tech Talk Radio, presented by Stratford University, coming up in a moment. Ready to make a real difference in 2018? A degree in cybersecurity, digital forensics, or networking and telecommunications could help you secure your future as you help secure the world. Stratford University is now enrolling for career-focused IT degree programs on campus and online. Let Stratford's experienced IT faculty share their industry knowledge and practical solutions to help you succeed in today's most sought-after IT fields with accelerated classes and year-round program starts to help you earn your degree faster with demand at record high levels for cybersecurity, digital forensics and networking telecommunications careers now is the time to act stratford makes it easy turning your qualified experience into credits earned and if you're a vet they'll help you maximize your military benefits get complete details and register today at stratford.edu slash 18 it that's stratford.edu slash 18 it If it's technology, it's Tech Talk Radio. IT trends, software, the Internet, and IT careers. Here's Dr. Richard Schertz of Stratford University with Tech Talk Radio. Welcome back to Tech Talk Radio. We're in the virtual faculty lounge at Stratford University talking technology. I was talking about the NSA toolkit that was actually stolen by shadow brokers and released to the web. By the way, they tried to sell that toolkit, and nobody would buy it. And so they ended up just uploading it, and it was free. And you can actually download the toolkit if you want. It's actually available. But I've got to warn you, if the NSA knows that you're using their tools, they're going to say you're breaking the law. Really? So any, so any U.S. citizen that uses it, you know, may, NSA is going to come after you. Now, of course, the people who downloaded the tools first, Russians and Chinese. <laughs> the Russians crazy? and Chinese are using our tools against us now quite dramatically. That's crazy. So the uh, so the toolkit was stolen from the NSA's Equation Group, and these tools targeted Windows, Cisco firewalls, and the Swift Alliance access. Now, most of the NSA Windows exploits were designed to take advantage of vulnerabilities in the existing server message block protocol, SMB protocol, that Microsoft uses. Now, these exploits against the SMB have been turned either eternal, external blue. Eternal Blue or Eternal Romance Exploits. That's how they've been named, mm-hmm. depending on which SNB vulnerability is exploited. Now, Microsoft patched the Eternal Blue vulnerabilities back in March 14, 2017. And uh, shortly thereafter, they patched the Eternal Romance Exploits. So the patches have been out for these things. But, uh, but of course, the patches that were not immediately immediately being used by businesses. Now, as soon as the NSA toolkit came out, 
The first piece of ransomware that was released that actually used it was the WannaCry ransomware, and it first struck in May of 2017. Remember, the tools were released April of 2017. April, May of 2017, WannaCry hit. Now, the WannaCry ransomware held data hostage until ransom was paid. WannaCry targeted systems running only Windows because they wanted to use the the uh, server message block protocol. It used external blue exploit, which was patched in March 14th, 2017. And, um, and it actually was the first one that came out. If you remember when Russia went in and, and all the systems in Crimea were, were taken down, they were all taken down with the WannaCry <laughs> With with the with the WannaCry ransomware, mm-hmm. and so the Russians were the first to use it. Now the the second, and then you, you if you would pay a ransom, they would uh, they would send an encryption key and you could get back your data. Then there was a variant of WannaCry called Petya. Now Petya did the same thing. Now it used instead of Eternal Blue vulnerabilities, it used Eternal Romance vulnerabilities. And um, which were also in the same, you know, NSA um, batch of vulnerabilities. But here's the thing that Petya, Petya did. It just created a random encryption key that not even the hackers knew what it was. So if you'd pay the hackers the ransom, they couldn't decrypt your files anyway. So if you'd pay, if you'd pay the hacker, you wouldn't get your, you wouldn't get back anything anyway. So those were the two that, that came out first. Um, so like last week, Boeing... Their uh, their test computers, which are used for testing the software on the Boeing aircraft, were infected with uh, with with WannaCry, um, you know, ransomware last week. That had been patched a year ago, but they had not patched their systems. Now, last week, uh, um, Atlanta was actually uh, was actually hit with ransomware, and they they wanted Atlanta to pay uh, fifty one thousand dollars to get back their files. Now that malware uses something that's been around for a while. That it uses a something called um, uh, SamSam is the is the name of the ransomware, and it uses uh, and it uses it, it's another vulnerability that's been known since 2015. Wow! And it and it uh, and it impacted the uh, the JavaScript uh, control panel. Patches have been out on that. SamSam's been around for like two years, but Atlanta was hit with SamSam. And uh, and then they encrypted the files, and we don't know whether they ever paid for it. But when they went in and analyzed the data, they found that also a lot of the servers had been penetrated back in April 2017 with the NSA toolkit, and there was malware sitting on the Atlantic server just waiting to be sprung into action. Mm. So they've been a target for quite some time. So here's the best way to protect against the, the malware. I mean, if you want to do best practices to protect against it, you've, you've basically got to – there are basically four vectors, four ways that, that ransomware gets into the system. One is by malicious links. For instance, bad rabbit, bad rabbit ransomware was reported distributed by download attacks from Russian media sites as fake Adobe Flash, Adobe Flash player installers. So you'd go there and they'd say, oh, your Adobe Flash needs to be updated, and you'd install it. You'd, you'd install the update, and you'd install the malware. So clicking on a link that you don't know where it came from, it's dangerous. Another entry, open ports and firewalls, which, of course, we just heard about up in Baltimore. Email attachments. Many times you click on an email attachment, and you install malware. And the final one, USB drives. That's just this is how we penetrated the uh, Iranian nuclear facilities with USB drives because they were not even connected to the internet, mm-hmm. but they but they actually sent the malware to engineers to their house. The engineers would then bring a, a, a thumb drive home, copy stuff on it, and then the malware was carried into the Iranian facility on you on thumb drives. Crazy. So these are the attack vectors. So how do you how do you protect against that? User training. Tell the users don't click on don't click on unknown links. Don't click on attachments. Don't fall for phishing schemes or they try to get your passwords. Uh, disable unneeded services like Windows management instrumentation because these unneeded services are how it spreads within the system. Disable any open ports. Make certain your security updates are always installed. That actually stops most of them in their tracks. And to protect yourself against ransomware. Back up the data, because if you, if you've got the data on a backup, you don't care. You don't your, your data is not held at ransom. You just delete 
the infected system and just install the backup. So it's mm-hmm. relatively easy to protect against these things. But what we see are, are individuals that just are not focused on key practices. Sloppiness. Sloppiness. Now let's get to the okay, event of the busy. day. The chemistry of dying Easter eggs. Now, people have been dying, dying fabrics and for many, many years. In fact, the earliest written records of the use of dye is from thousands of years ago, 2600 B.C. Mm. In, se- in, seven, in, 17, in 715 B.C., the Romans were dyeing wool. People have used all sorts of substances to dye fabric, including purple dye made from sea snails called murex. Now, that dye was very expensive, and that's why purple became the color of emperors and kings, because the dye was so expensive. Ah. Now, dyeing Easter eggs is a very old tradition. The Ukraine coloring eggs with wax and dye uh, it goes back since ancient times. Now, in the U.S., we dye eggs using commercial dyes. Food coloring is an acid dye. It's an acid dye. That means it uses hydrogen. And the uh, chemical process only works in an acidic environment. Now, vinegar is added to make it acidic. Vinegar is acidic. It contains about 3% acidic acid. When you add vinegar to water, it creates an ideal condition for food coloring. Now, since eggs are made out of calcium carbonite, the calcium in the egg reacts with the acid in the vinegar to make carbon dioxide. So you'll see a a small reaction. So today we've got an experiment. Okay. This is an experiment that you can do with your kids. It's kind of fun. I've got three containers here. I used filtered water. I, I should have had distilled water because then it's completely neutral. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't have distilled water, so I used filtered. I used, Good enough. I used purified water. So I've got three containers. I've got the first cup has red uh, Easter egg dye in it and only water. The second cup has water plus dye plus one teaspoon of vinegar okay the third cup has water dye and two teaspoons of vinegar all right so the question is which of the one is going to give me the darkest color gotcha now assuming assuming that we haven't mixed up the cups because there was well there there was was a little bit of rearranging the furniture here before the show there was some issue about our control location of the cups so we so we're not this 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 we may have to do this again next Easter. It is it is possible. So now I've got the eggs sitting in the dye. Now I'll tell you that now watching eggs, you know, absorb dye like, on radio is really not exciting. So if radio. you're watching us on Periscope, by the way, you can download your Periscope app to your device and follow us at WFED Tech Talk. And you can look at the bottom right of the screen and you can see, well, two of the three cups. <laughs> and so we're gonna let them how long are you gonna let them soak for? That's right. I'm going to let them soak for a couple of minutes. Okay. So as as they're soaking, let's talk about the Apple iOS three point right. eleven point three. Okay. Because you know, sitting here watching them soak is just really bad. It's radio. riveting. It's, and if we just sat here and watched, radio. there would be no audio. Yeah, and I'm not certain I put enough dye in there. You know, I, I, it's, I, I, it's pretty light. Although I, we I could a, we could do something like this. We could just play this for two minutes. Oh yeah. I think I may not have put enough dye in these, but it's going to be... Well, this just means we have to do this thing again next we may, year. We may have to do it again next year. Okay, Apple just released iOS 11.3, which is the latest operating system. Now, I've been waiting for this update because it actually monitors battery life. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it, it also has... I mean, the two things that I thought were interesting, it, it has the augmented reality kit 1.5 that allows developers to put digital objects on vertical surfaces like walls and doors in addition to horizontal surfaces. So I think we're going to see some interesting augmented reality applications with the new operating system. It also has the iPhone battery health system, and you can actually check on your battery, and you can see you know, how, whether it needs to be replaced, how well it's functioning. You can also turn off this feature that slows down your operating system if the battery gets weak. So I kind of like that. They also, I mean, they've got a lot of things in there. The other thing which was noteworthy is they've improved the privacy functions of the Apple. So whenever any application uses personal information, an icon now appears with a link that details exactly how that personal information is being used. I think that's really a good thing. That's a good idea. There's a lot of other stuff in that thing, but it's it's a good app. If you want to download it, simply go to Settings, then go to General, then go to Software Update. I... I, of course, updated mine immediately once it was out there. I, I installed mine on Thursday, and it was really quite good. 
So now we're we're looking at back. Have we waited long enough? I don't, well, this Let's, is coming along. Well, yeah, we're just checking them now. I, I don't think I I don't think I put enough dye I don't in think the you water. Did. I don't think I put enough dye in the water. Why don't you do this? Why don't you put ten more drops of dye? I think I'm going to put, you a, put a lot of. I, I did eggs yesterday, mm-hmm. and I and it, it called for one and a half cups of boiling water, one tablespoon of vinegar, and ten to twenty tr- drops of dye. Oh, I only put in three drops of. Oh, dye. you see, there's there's see this. We we're gonna have to do this again next okay. year. This is already screwed up. It is. Um, okay, I'm going to Okay, put, just I'm, go ahead and put Is that you're using yellow now? Am I? Yeah, cuz the cap's yellow. Oh, I'm using yellow. Now just just go with the yellow. So I'm using you put, so this this is going to give us red and yellow is going to give us orange. orange. Well, I'm I'm going to go back to and red. And put some now. more red too. I'm going to go back a, to red. I I have totally uh, destroyed this, this entire This is not scientific no, in this, any way this shape is, or form. This is now re, re, this is now. I'm, and I'm, we are rapidly running out of time. There we go. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. There oh, we go. you know what? You're just mashing it in there. There we go. We have go. no idea how many. This is not. Five time. drops. Five drops I did. It was five drops my left foot. <laughs> now, just squeezed it. Now. We All get, right. Now. Now. Okay. Oh this, this is oh not going to be pretty. Oh my All right. God. You got about a minute and a half to figure okay, this let's, out. Okay. Let's talk about. Okay. I'm going to work on. Let's talk about free online credit reports. Yes. This is sort of interesting. Now, the U.S. law allows you to get... <laughs> He's got dial over his hands now. Oh, My brother. It allows you to get... Oh, this is not It allows good. you to get a free credit report directly from any agency once a year without paying for it. And there are multiple agencies that report it. The big three are an Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. Now, one of the best free what um, credit report sites is... oh. Here Andrew Mitchell go. to the, save the day with more oh, yeah. good paper towels. There we go. <laughs> Credit Karma. Credit Karma gives you free data from both Equifax and TransUnion. And as I've got Credit Karma on my phone. It's really good. You can use it. It doesn't lower your site, but it doesn't have Experian. If you want to get Experian, you've got to go to Free Credit Score. That's another app that's actually an Experian app, and you can get the Experian uh, data. And that's free. And I actually, I like the credit karma you just mm-hmm. check it it's very easy to go now all right let's see what we got going on now here. we're gonna see here okay oh, oh these, my god these are a mess these are this is a mess it's there there is no discernible difference <laughs> in any of these eggs hold on the one without vinegar it's not sticking it's, Look, yes it's not sticking the at one all. with no vinegar is definitely not working well, we've we've determined that the one the one with uh with the the, uh, the one no, with the one with one teaspoon of vinegar, well, two, they look very similar. So, we presume, but with the one with no vinegar, is not working at all. Seeing as how I moved the cups, we're presuming one in the two <laughs> teaspoons of vinegar, we, and we, we don't really we know. Don't for re, sure. We don't really don't know for put sure. Put any more dye in there. This is a disaster. Yeah, this, this is. is I, you know what? We're have to do this again next year I'm, because this is complete. And utter, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, mess. I'm gonna have to just try to get this. Uh, so what, what you won't be able to see on the radio or on Periscope <laughs> is what happens after the show is over, and somebody has to clean all of this mess up. I and speaking know. of that, I think we probably should just go ahead and end the show. I think so. Listen, we love your emails. You can email us techtalk at stratford.edu. We'll get back to you immediately, or you know, we may wait till the next show and cover your email on that show. Also, we want you to check out the Stratford University programs, health science, software engineering, accounting, business, hospitality, nursing, culinary arts at stratford.edu and let them know that you heard about those programs on Tech Talk Radio. Tech Talk Radio is sponsored by Stratford University. For more information on courses at Stratford University, call 1-800-444-0804. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk Radio Online. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples... 
temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Kristen here, reminding you not to do things. What I mean is, with same-day delivery for everything from gifts to groceries, you only have to do the things you want to do. To not do the other things, visit shipped.com. That's S-H-I-P-T dot